0: Welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute.
1: Well, welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute and resident on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Media Network. I'm Ryan Aris, and I'm joined today by Ezra Institute fellow Dr. Michael Thiessen. It's good to be with you again, Mike.
0: I'm so looking forward to this conversation, Ryan. Thanks for having me back on the show.
1: Yeah, same. I've been uh, I've been looking forward to this. So before we're, today, we're going to get into the third commandment. And the third commandment I'll read in uh, in just a moment deals with taking the name of the Lord God in vain. We're going to talk with uh, with Mike about what that means and about uh, the use of and the significance of names and language. Uh, as it relates to uh, to worship as it relates to identity and anywhere else that uh, that we think is is valuable to go in this conversation just so everyone's aware i know that this this is a family podcast in a lot of cases we, in this episode we are using strong severe language because we are talking about cursing we're not using it flippantly but if you're not if you don't want your children to be exposed to that We'll be talking again next week, and there will not be any of the kind of language in that episode. Before we dive into that, just a couple of quick announcements. You've been hearing me talk about our uh, upcoming spring and summer training programs, and uh, I just wanted to uh, bring some new information about both the Runner Academy and the Worldview Leadership Academy. Those are happening uh, this spring and summer, but what you don't know is that uh, the Ezra Institute has got a relationship with Bryan College in Dayton, Tennessee. And for uh, for current Bryan students, or uh, for those considering Bryan, uh, you will be eligible for a scholarship on your Bryan tuition, as well as course credit uh, for your successful completion of the Runner Academy or the Worldview Leadership Academy. So you can visit... Uh, Brian.edu, That's b-r-y-a-n.edu. Find out more about the programs that uh, that they've got going on there. Visit ezrainstitute.com. Reach out to us there to find out more about uh, the scholarship opportunities and about the programs themselves. There are also a limited number of bursaries available uh, that will help subsidize the cost of your Runner Academy tuition. Uh, So, Again, go to EzraInstitute.com, apply for the program, follow up with a bursary inquiry and we will uh, we will work with you on that. All right, so those are all of our housekeeping announcements for today. We're going to get into our uh, our text for today, Mike. So that uh, that comes from Exodus chapter 20. This is the third commandment. We read in uh, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. So right away, uh, the, uh, the question is uh, a multi-part one. What does it mean, first of all, to, uh, to take the name of the Lord uh, at all? And how, do, how does one take it in vain? And how how uh, what would be the opposite of that? How would one take it in a proper or appropriate way that is not in vain? Uh, maybe uh, maybe you could start with what to, what it means to take the name of the Lord uh, in general. Yeah.
0: So Ryan, uh, first of all, just as we get started here, I just want you to know that I dressed up for you today. I, I don't think I have ever worn a suit and tie on my own podcast. Uh, but today I said I'm talking with Mr. Ryan Harris, and uh, I, I need to be ready to go for that.
1: So you know, I noticed that here. I didn't say anything because now I got to call attention to myself in my sweater. But uh, <laughs> but here we are. Thanks. You're comfortable. <laughs> you 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 know, you know how to you know how
0: to be yourself. And uh, I, anyways, I just went with the whole royal purple in order for uh, us to represent the Lordship of Christ. Okay, so Very on to good. this question. I, you know, it's really interesting when we talk about taking the Lord's name in vain and particularly using the word, uh, the Lord's name. So, you know, the NIV would translate that you shall not misuse the name of the Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: let's start with what it is to misuse the name of the Lord. And I think that will help us define what it means to use the name of the Lord. So obviously, um, uh, there are a number of, of, of uh, statements, a number of gestures, a number of uh, actions we can take to invoke the Lord into a situation. And so, you know, uh, particularly if we look into Martin Luther's correction of, of uh, Christians at the time when he was writing, Luther actually focused uh, on the worship service. Um, if you come to a worship service, attend to your own heart prepare to worship. don't come to a worship service. don't don't come to a service that invokes the Lord to to be present that that asks the Lord's spirit to be at work that um, that uh, asks God to teach us from his word if you come to that worship service with no plan for him to do such a thing. Um, and so it, it's interesting that Luther focuses on two different areas. The, the, those who are attending the worship services can take the Lord's name in vain. They can misuse the, the name of the Lord by simply going through ritual attendance, they, by, by going through motions, by saying liturgy without meaning anything in the liturgy. I'll give you a really quick humorous example about this. On Sunday, we were uh, holding our afternoon service and uh, this week I was preaching, and um, I had one little guy that within like one second of the sermon start starting, he just totally zoned out. So, so you, you, Ryan, you know what it's like when you're either podcasting or speaking, and you notice an audience member. A lot of their body languages tell you a lot about what's going on. So what he told me was, I came to church with my parents. I sang songs. Now is the time for the sermon. So my responsibility in this moment is to totally zone out. And that's all I have to do. I, I'm not actually required to listen to the sermon. Now is the time where I just sit quietly. And if I sit quietly, nobody gets me into trouble. And so I just, I had this funny moment with a young man in our church where I just, I just used his name as a, as a part of an illustration. And he immediately looked at me, zoned in. And I had already communicated what I wanted to communicate to him. And it was, no, no, no. Your responsibility right now is to learn from God's word. So I did that gently. I did it humorously. He didn't get embarrassed. There's no real issue about that. It's just, I, I, he and his body language told me that his heart really wasn't in listening. And my with my response to that, I told him, no, no, no. You're called here not just to go through this little ritualistic moment of listening to the sermon. So that's one area where Luther focuses in on. And then the other area where he focuses in on, and I'll I'll let you jump in after I just kind of set this stage for the worship service dialogue, is in the preaching of the word. So Luther actually writes this, the sermon ought to be nothing else than the proclamation of the Testament. But who can hear if nobody preaches it? Those who should be preaching it do not know it themselves. And that is why sermons ramble off into good for nothing fables, and Christ is thus forgotten. Actually, he says, and thus Christ is forgotten. <laughs> so even the editor of of uh, Luther's works here, volume forty four, goes on to say that Luther makes frequent references to the popular preaching of the day, sermons which were often just recitals of legends of the saints or 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 told in some comic way and man alive can can you we're talking about the 15th, the 16th century the 1500s and man do we not have that same problem going on in the pulpits of our nation today you know guys who are in the calling of the ministry more for the sake of being able to become stand up comedians more for the sake of of having a job than actually holding God's name holy as they proclaim God's revealed word. So th- th- those are the two areas that we should maybe focus our discussion right now on within the context of the worship service. And then and then we'll get into the next section. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which by the way humor so, is amazing. I love it when a I love it when a pastor pastor drops a great joke, gets people gets people realizing that they're humans. We're not talking about that. We're talking about that the the, the coming to the pulpit lightly. Coming to the pulpit without God's word. Coming to the pulpit right. afraid to preach God's word. That is irreverent to the name of the Lord. That is that is that is taking the Lord's name in vain. Invoking the Lord in the service but not really asking for
1: him to do the work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh it, you're talk I, I appreciate how you're uh, how you've kicked off this uh, this explanation because this is this has to do with much more than just the the name of the Lord. You know, which in its original context the uh you know the Jews did, would not even pronounce. So it's more it's more than just a a name or a designation you're talking about uh about character and personality and relationship and what is the what is the appropriate relationship that we have towards the lord and to what he has called us to do
0: yeah and i think it's closely tied to this idea of invoking right so if you're if you're Mm. up in the podcast studio right now and your whole family uh just, you know, they call you on the phone or they, 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 they reach out to you and, and all of them are saying, you know, uh, you know, your wife is saying, Ryan, you know, come to the table. The kids are saying, daddy, daddy, I beg you, I beg you. Um, one of your kids goes out on the front lawn and, and says to the neighbor who is, uh, you know, uh, trying to break into the house, you know, in the name of my father, uh, you know, it, um, my father's going to come out and defend it, you know, be, you know, and, and invokes you to come and into your presence and act. And either that's to commune at the dinner table or to defend the family land. And then when you show up, you've realized that, oh, it actually, it, we, we were kind of just kidding around. Like we really, 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 really don't need you. We We really don't want your presence. Uh, Dad, I don't really actually think you can take that guy. Um, it's 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 this trite invoking, and in the worship service, that that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Like we pray prayers of invocation. You know, my, my, you know, my family is living in Kentucky now. Um, my eldest son is at Cedarville University in Ohio, and and we just want to be on the same side of the border while he's in school, and and we uh, we went to a rodeo the other day, and they. They, nice. they had a prayer of invocation. We had, we had a service the other day, a prayer of invocation. This that's serious stuff when you're asking the Lord to show up and of course in the worship service then that is meaningful. Um and how how dare you misuse the calling of the Lord. Um uh we can talk about this in other areas uh, as well, but in, in the worship service I think this is mm-hmm. just a very pointed uh or important or important pointed message to the church be prepared to meet the Lord when you come
1: and right so we've uh, the, oftentimes we, we talk about this uh, this this commandment and actually Jesus talks about this commandment and uh, in in typical or characteristic fashion in the Sermon on the Mount he goes to the law he affirms the principle of the law and he actually intensifies it to get at the heart of what, uh, of what that law is intended to, uh, to communicate and to uphold, protect and force. Uh, and he'll say in this case, you know, do not swear, either, you know, by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Um, it, so it's referring to taking an oath upon yourself, uh, and uh, this is the this is the original meaning of of swearing. and we still understand this sense of the term if we're ever testifying in court and we swear to tell the truth. But uh, we're also th- thinking back to the uh, the nature of taking the name or the, the question of taking the name of the Lord in vain, we're at a point and have been for I mean m- my whole life anyway, where, Swearing is is basically synonymous with cursing in uh, in normal language, and this is what I was always taught growing up: is taking the name of the Lord God in vain to use it as an expression of surprise or dismay or outrage or shock. Uh, what? Uh, how how do we? How do we? How do we get to to that point? And I guess how should be what should be the. The, the response of God's people, other than we're not willing to use God's name in that way? Like how how should our speech uh look and sound and act different than the world around us?
0: Yeah, when it comes to day-to-day speech, I think Matthew Henry is very helpful on this and and he actually he actually gets to the he actually talks about the rash swearing, right? Mentioning the name mm-hmm. of the Lord or any of God's attributes rashly. And again, I, I let's just let's just take it away from you know. I was, I was at a hockey game the other night, and a kid got hit into the boards. Not that big of a deal. And you just hear a father just you know scream into them, just scream out like, "Jesus Christ!" Right. and like it's it's just it's just vulgarity it's it's just um i wish he would use i i, I can handle a lot of other stuff but but that it, it, the reason why it's vulgar is because it's rash it, what is he saying is he saying that god is my witness that was evil is he saying um or is it just that in the english language we like we like hard we like hard constant uh profanity like we 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 like harsh the way it feels coming off of our of our mouth and and mm. there there's uh, there's absolutely no regard for the lord right but but before we get back to the swearing part i kind of want to talk about i want i'm glad you connected this uh when when you were talking about Matthew 5 verse 33 and and on in the sermon on the mount because this is, I, I think, the, the biggest issue in, uh, in, our, in our culture, again, is when we do things in the name of God. So now day-to-day, you're mm-hmm. talking about politicians. In the last three years, we've seen more politics. So, so again, it, it, it's pretty normal for a politician to say, God bless America, or yeah. God bless Canada. And you know that they are simply, with the exception of a few, I, I you know, I'll, I'll come right out and say Derek Sloan of the Ontario Party is someone who actually says it sincerely. But usually, when a politician just says that, all they're doing is they're trying to play the game of "Hey Christians, be stupid and think that some for some reason I'm I'm actually leading in the name, you know, of Jesus." You know, I, I was listening to Ted Cruz podcast the other day. Uh, Totally different use, uh, talking about the fear of the Lord, talking about a profession of faith. Uh, he was talking very sincerely. We're not talking about that. We're talking about that tag on that says, hey, by the way, I'm doing this and I'm doing this um, with God's blessing or or with an intention to be faithful to God. And so you can say that about a few, a few things. It's either making a profession of what we're doing in God's name, making a covenant and this is where we're. This is where we verge into this idea of making oaths. Hmm. So, when someone says "God bless America," they're again trying to identify themselves with the authority and the blessing of God. And then, when, some, when someone says, "like I swear to God," or more appropriately, just makes a pledge to a to an individual or a nation and, and, and maybe even make set sincerely, it is this idea of making an oath. Now, if you, you know, we were to look at numbers chapter 30, Ryan, there's a, there's a really great framework for making oaths. Um, if you're, um, if you're a husband and a father, you, you button your mouth, you don't make oaths quickly at all, uh, because you are, you're on the line for it. And if you are um, a, a daughter of a father, um, you are actually given um, a, a real privilege where if you make a rash oath, your father can release you from that. And in fact, the, the term there is that you're released before the Lord, Hmm. So oaths are a real thing. They're prom. They're 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 an important thing. You're not supposed to enter into them rashly. And there was actually a way in the Old Testament, uh, and again applied that to today. There's a way for families to enter into properly and exit uh, properly, enter into good oaths and then exit rash oaths. So of course when when Christ comes and is talking about oaths. We, we immediately are, are brought to mind the connection of making a promise in God's name. So that would be another way of misusing the name of the Lord, is making a promise in God's name when you then go ahead and break that promise, when you then go ahead and show hypocrisy. God bless America. Yes, let's go kill babies. Uh, yeah. we, we all know that Joe Biden has no regard for the Lord we we all know that if Justin Trudeau was ever to say you know god bless canada that he would and which by the way i don't even think he does but if he did then we would we would know based upon every every type of um action that goes against god's god's law god's word is a hypocrisy that that shows the 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 disingenuousness of that that claim so man, like this is coming up a lot in my life. I'm realizing a lot of people at the end of, you know, at, at the end of speeches, at the at the end of statements, um will we'll take the Lord's name in vain when in reality, if you make an oath. And and so I so so which this leads us to the swearing part where right. now it's just so commonplace. There's no there's no reverence for the name of the Lord in worship, in the pulpit, in uh, politics or in policy, that now it's just a common place, like you said, to just go out and have rash swearing with no thought to the Lord at all. But we get here because actually back here,
1: we're not being careful enough. Right. Yeah. So there's a, uh, it's downstream. Uh, the, there's a a political liturgy. Uh, and you're saying, if I can paraphrase that uh, a political liturgy that has become a an empty and blasphemous liturgy, uh, because we've allowed that that same emptiness and uh, blasphemous nature to uh, to prevail in the church and in the pulpit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course that—that's why Jesus, you know, warned us: do you, do not swear at all, either by heaven or from God's or for it is sorry, either by heaven for it is God's throne, or by earth mm-hmm. for it is footstool, or by Jerusalem for it is the great, uh, the city of the great King. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make your hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. You know, it's really interesting, Ryan. Um if we were more careful about the oaths that we made and then followed through with them, because again, even if a Christian makes an oath to an individual and they, and their yeses are yes. And their no is their no, but they don't actually follow through with that. That is a form in, in my, in, in my mind of taking the Lord's name in vain, because mm-hmm. again, people identify you with the Lord and then they're, they're They say, Oh, well, I can't trust their word. Right and, and if I can't trust their word, why would I be able to trust the lord's word? It, it, it is a it is a slight against the reverence of the Lord to make promises at all and then break
1: them right so you uh, you were mentioning that uh, in, uh, in Leviticus, a father can release a uh, a rash oath of his child, and the the sort of the modern equivalent. The thing that comes to mind immediately is, you know, if my if my seven year old answers the door and some salesman signs me up for a cable package, you know, based on my you know my son's uh, authority there, I can call up the company. I can say he had uh, he had no authority to do that. I don't want the thing, and on that nature they'll or on that uh, that testimony and on my authority as the the bill payer, the household head they will you know they will cancel that subscription or whatever it is so that that's kind of you know obvious modern secular equivalent of the principle but I, is the uh, is there something something more or something deeper that uh, that, that principle uh, deals with or or tells us about the uh, the world and the nature of of an oath
0: yeah, I'm glad you asked that question um, in that way because I think it's a very important thought. The nature, the nature of oaths, and here's why: the nature of an oath is a personal covenant between one person and another person, and that word "personal" is very important whenever we're talking again about our relationship to the Lord God. So I'll give you an example of how the, I think it's another way to misuse the name of the Lord, but it's actually the opposite. How many people Hmm. say, thank goodness? Hmm. I hear people say, thank goodness all the time. Oh, just thank goodness. You know, I I have to correct my children on that once in a while. Thank goodness. And I go, wait a minute. what, What do you mean by that? They have no idea what they mean by that other than it's been a it's been scolded that to say thanks god is a swear right and so they say thank goodness but but what they're actually doing is they're that they're they're actually thanking an abstract concept they're 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 thanking an abstract idea mm-hmm. they're they're actually thanking yeah. an impersonal what fill in the blank? And I would say, yeah. you know, when you go thank further the universe. paganism, you get
1: thanks be to imperson- the fates. Yeah,
0: that's right. Th- th- they're actually moving into an impersonal pantheistic view of the wild- uh, of the of the um, of the world. I was going to say the wilderness. I don't know why, but uh, huh. maybe I was just thinking <laughs> of Mordor or something like that. They- they're 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 moving into that paganism. So whenever someone says thank thank goodness, I actually. Now that I'm listening for it, I believe that that is a misuse of the name of the Lord. Because if I'm really thankful, then it's not blasphemy to say thank Thank God. Let's go back to our context, the worship service. If I am in the worship service and and and, and God's name is invoked to be here and, and for us to be led and and for us to worship him. In the, and in the middle of the worship service, I say hallelujah, amen, uh, praise the Lord thank God. That's not, that's not taking the Lord's name in, in, in vain. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm out day to day, that next context, if I really am thankful to the Lord, like the other, the other day we got a, we got a whole bunch of, of paperwork that we were, that we were supposed to receive and, and we needed it and we got it on time. And there was a group of us who had been praying about it. And I just out, you know, out of the blue, with everybody there, just that, you know, thank you, Lord. And then, and then when, because that kind of hits people's ears wrong, they, they kind of hear, I, I, I usually go, well, I am praying, so I'll continue yeah. to pray. And then I, and then I continue to pray out loud. So the, the nature of an oath is personal. So when you break an oath, you're, you're, you're breaking a personal relationship. So that's why when people say it's just business, it's nothing personal or I'm criticizing you, it's nothing personal, or I'm walking away from this agreement, it's nothing personal. That's a lie, because the nature of an agreement, the nature of an oath is very personal. That's why keeping it up is so important. And then when we keep up our oaths, then we recognize the personhood of the other individual.
1: Hmm. And so
0: this whole idea of misusing the name of the Lord is deeply connected to the nature of our personal God. You treat God flippantly. Well, guess what? He's not an impersonal uh, energy field that you can manipulate. He is our personal, divine, eternal, holy God who will respond to your behavior appropriately.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I can continue, but I want to let you have some thoughts in there. No, I uh, I was really just kind of going to affirm you're uh, you're you're starting to preach, and I'm into that. But uh, <laughs> j- that uh, we, people people talk about about God sometimes, and they're trying to explain it, especially to to children or to uh, un- unknowing inquirers. They'll and they will speak, talk about God as you know, as a force, you know, like, uh, like lightning or something where, you know, you can't, uh, you know, if you, if you do something wrong, you know, bad consequences are going to happen. And that's just kind of the way it is, but it's not, it's not, well, it's the way it is because what you've actually done when you do something wrong is sin. And when you sin, you incur the just wrath of a personal God who you have offended,
0: yeah, let me give you a few modern day examples of this, so you know that I am the president of Liberty Coalition Canada. I'm going to do a, just a total shameless uh, shout out to all of our podcasts over uh, on uh, on Apple. There, uh, I was wondering how Mike long it Michael. would take
1: you to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I think I feel like yeah, I like gave twenty, you know, a good twenty five minutes of nothing. So we got my show, Open Mic with Michael Thiessen, we got Liberty Dispatch, and then we've got our new show coming on called the Other the Other Club. Um, uh, in each one of these areas, we're promoting liberty, Ryan. And and uh, despite that shameless shout out, um, we are promoting liberty. And one of the things we find in all of our podcasts is that we interact with the liberty movement. And what you're finding in the liberty movement is people are investigating religious ideas because they know that they see evil. But many of them are just falling into the yin yang um uh god is a force to be to be manipulated impersonal let's let's uh let's change the abuses of what's going on and let's you know calm down and they get into this new age world and 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 you ask those freedom fighters well why what does good mean what does it mean to be right um and they have no answer other than they can identify the evil. So then, they, but they have no answer because they can't go to the personal authority of God, nor to the personal justice of God, nor to the, even the concept of personal jealousy. They, they, mm. they can't go there. So their foundation is so, it's literally sand. Another way you're hearing about this in the church is instead of people quoting the, the the appropriate understanding of the golden rule, treat others how you would like to be treated, and according to the the Christian doctrine of sin and 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 God's punishment, which is if you sin there will be consequences. What you just what you just brought up, Ryan, you're hearing Christians say, "Well, what goes around comes around." Oh, karma's a bitch. Oh, that's mm-hmm. karma. And again, that's another way. Again, so this is the thing, right? So who cares that I just made a reference to a clo- a, a cultural colloquialism that has the word bitch in it? Everyone, people might, oh, but the reality of it is, is the, the issue is that they're actually promoting a Hindu belief, which is it, it, which, polytheistic, pantheistic confusing belief system that that reduces the personality reduces the the omniscience the greatness of god and so that that's another area so you know thank goodness and then you know instead of saying hey hold on a second this is what christ said be careful because the implication of treat others the way you would like to be treated is if you treat others poorly, you will be treated poorly. Um, the more they always want to remove it from the the personal God to whom they are accountable, and all of this gets wrapped up in do not misuse the name of the Lord. Because if if you're if you're not scared to misuse the name of the Lord, then you you lead right into this paganistic idea of God is impersonal and I don't really have to give account to Him. So I'm glad you asked that nature question, Mm -hmm. because that's really the root of the command. The root of the command is God is personal. God is sovereign. Do not mess around with invoking his authority, uh, calling on his blessing, um, using his name actually, or making promises with the implications that his name is behind you because you profess him. Those are all of the ways that you actually break the third commandment.
1: Mm. <clears throat> Mike, that's, uh, that's some, some good, uh, good, solid application principle for, for how we could, we should think about our speech, how we should think about the name of the Lord. It's uh, it just, just occurred to me sort of right before we started recording that, uh, first of all, we, we need to, uh, maybe need to reevaluate the relative severity of our, uh, of our cuss words. The, uh, you know, we, we know, you know, in broad, broader culture, what's, uh, what's the worst curse word, but, uh, we think nothing of, you know, speaking of something being damned or of taking, taking on the name of the Lord God. And that's, uh, that's a commonplace, uh, and so it was just uh, just thinking about your uh, your illustration with karma. How you know in that uh, that phrase that you used, you, you're we're, uh, we're getting upset at the wrong the wrong part of that sentence.
0: No, I, I you actually bring up another really important point, Ryan, and that is that is you know we have we have from the Lord the instruction that what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so let's just hmm. let's just also let's talk about two different things here right now. So first of all, before we get into that binding idea, let's also just talk about man, why is it do I want to take the Lord's name in vain? Like it just goes to, it's just another obvious it's just another obvious example of our sin nature. You know, um why is it that everyone's just hungering? Just hungering for you know that that you know, I mean, a frustrating moment just for that. You know, G D, like, like, what, like, why is it that we hunger to say that? Uh, it it is just because of our sinful nature living itself out in us, and it, and it's so easy to do that. The reason why you brought, I wanted to mention that first part is because it the the, the second part again, the application of it is is that 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 thing that which should be damned by God. Can actually be damned by us. That's right. And so, instead of just quickly giving into our sin nature, which means, you know, I I just want to say, you know, I, I just want to take the Lord's name and and use it and and it, it's it's even it, it doesn't even make sense in any context. That, you know, we don't say God be damned or, or, or uh, that, that thing be damned by God. We just say God damned. Um, it, It's a part of a fuller sentence. And, and it, those sentences uh, where we would say, I'm warning you, God damns that thing. God That's damns right. that action, that, that. That action is damnable. Um, And in the the second part of invoking God's blessing or calling for his presence or assuming his authority, the opposite side of it is, is when we lightly just talk about um, the damnation of God, we trivialize it. Yes. So when people are just walking around and you, you... you goddamned idiot. They're not really saying, hey, stand and be aware and be careful of your actions because what you do treads upon the ways of the Lord, treads upon his creational order, treads upon, you know, you're just trivializing damnation, which of course in its abstract, people don't think much of. But if, you know you and i know you have you've got a ton of kids i've got a few uh we've both been a part of church families you can always tell the kids who have no consequences mm-hmm. they're just rotten they're, they're 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 problematic and then the kids who are disciplined with you know the the balance of love we're not talking about over the top authoritarianism but just hey This is what I want you to do. Here is the consequence. If you don't do it, I follow through. Those kids are disciplined. And so to talk about the future, the fear of the Lord, the fear of facing God on the day of resurrection is a completely lost art in the church. So what we've replaced it by is trivial swearing when in its original context, it's actually a really serious call to repentance.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, just to, uh, to interject here, lest anyone think this is a novelty or that uh, there's gratuitous or flippant swearing happening here in this conversation, this is, what, uh, this is the, the sense that the Apostle Paul is communicating in Galatians 1, where he says, if anyone is teaching a gospel that is different than the gospel that we preach to you, you know, let him be accursed. You know, may God damn that false teacher. May God damn the, the teaching that is leading you astray because it's leading you into hell. And that's where that doctrine comes from.
0: Yeah. And Doug Wilson gave a lecture in Tennessee last fall that I really appreciated, right? Where people people tr- people try to get super technical about what swearing is and what swearing isn't you know very often people will say to us on our podcast well you know we get lots of celebration and lots of feedback but you know some people would be saying, you know i you're you're too harsh your mm-hmm. your your tone i don't like your tone you know i always say to them well i've never actually called anybody a brood of vipers I, i've never actually said you know your actions today it would be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and go jump off of a dock in Lake Muskoka. I've never actually said to any one of my friends, you are Satan. Like Ryan, you and I spend lots of time together. We have lots of laughs together, especially when we're at some of these amazing Ezra training opportunities. If you're a young adult and you haven't been to the Runner Academy or the Worldview Leadership Academy, you do have to go to these things, young adults. Like You know, don't be a donkey. Get out there and go. Um, I'm not going to say you're going to definitely find your life mate, but we certainly are happy if that happens. I'm the fellow of uh, family and discipleship. So shout out to like come to the Runner Academy and find amazing Christians. But Ryan, you know how much fun we have at that. Uh, you, You know how much joy we have at that. Never have I said to you, oh, Ryan, I should. I should really go to bed because we're up too late and and you go, Mike, I'm a nighthawk. no, no, we're fine. I'm like, no, I'm a morning person and you're like, no, I'm a nighthawk and I go, well, no, I have a lecture in the morning and and you have the th- you have the things of man on your mind and I have the things of God on my mind. Get behind <laughs> me, Satan. like I've never said that, but our Lord Jesus Christ said that when he looked at Peter and knew Peter's heart and said and literally called him Satan, So again, when it comes down to, you know, invoking judgment um, or being trivial about it or just articulating ourselves so people can actually understand what we're talking about. People want to be overly technical when what's really going on is a matter of the heart. Now, I'm not saying that anybody should run around and and use some of the words we've been using lightly, because that actually would be a heart that doesn't communicate reverence, but in these matters, when we're actually teaching them and when we're actually maybe like Paul, even invoking them. Yeah. We're talking about serious language that some people might say, wow, that kind of sounds, that kind of sounds harsh. Yeah. Ryan has Mike T. and on and all we're doing is swearing. This is fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, Mike, thanks so much for, uh, for being on the show today. I know that, uh, You've got another appointment coming up. I really appreciate your time and I don't want to take too much more of it. But uh, it's been it's been a great conversation and I hope that uh, hope that it's a blessing to all who hear it. From all of us at the Ezra Institute, from Mike at the Liberty Coalition, we remind you that from him and through him and to him are all things. May God be glorified and we'll be we'll look forward to being with you again next week.